Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on the New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Benoff. Joining me this week, as always, we have Jacob Terrell, Earl Nieto. Guys, glad you're here. I know it's been a tough week, and uh, as much as our, our posts like to say last night that it's, it wasn't about our emotional damage from the weekend, um, I think maybe it was, despite the technical difficulties last night. Uh, so I do appreciate you guys hopping on and talking with me. I have a burning question for Jacob. Okay. Is that a slice of cheese? Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Wait, what a way to start the show. Guys, it is, of course, Wednesday night, not a Tuesday. Uh, we do appreciate you being here. If you are over in the chat on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, Twitter, we can't see your comments, but you can still watch it live over there. Facebook, YouTube, throw your questions and comments in the chat. We will get to them throughout the show. Um, yeah, uh, real quick announcement. Uh, we were just talking before we came on the air. We are going to be providing you guys World Cup coverage uh, this time. Uh, obviously, we weren't around during the last World Cup cycle, so uh, we're going to figure out a schedule and get you guys some World Cup content uh, throughout the tournament. Should quality, be a lot of fun. Quality World Cup content. Quality World Cup content. There you go. That's that's the key. Quality content. Except on the um, nights that I have it. Dear God. God. Can't wait to see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, we're going to figure out a schedule. We will get you guys some World Cup content throughout the tournament uh, over the holidays. And uh, I mean, we'll just we'll just get right into it. My my one burning question for both of you guys this week. How does it feel to be out? Are you talking about like playoffs or the like playoffs? The, yeah. or like the like single market? Like what are we talking here? Out of the playoffs, man, how does it feel? I mean, United returned, went out to Sacramento, and promptly lost. How does it feel to be out? <laughs> so I've been telling myself this for quite some time now. Expect disappointment, and you'll never be disappointed. I've been telling you that, too, with your Falcons. Who cares? I mean, we're still, I think we're still, what, three and three, three and four? So... Like I said, expect disappointment. You won't be disappointed. Oh, I haven't been. Yeah, I have I have expected nothing out of them this year. So I've been pleasantly surprised that we're three and four. So, yeah, so I'm not like not heard about it, but I'm not happy about it either. Yeah. Like, I'm in this like weird, like suicide watch funk. Well, I, Jacob, quick question. <laughs> Can we extend that to you because of how your Buccaneers are playing currently? Ah, no, we won a Super Bowl, <laughs> man. I don't care. I thought that Brady was gone and maybe he probably should have been gone the way it's going now, but, but now I mean, and it's, and it's early. I mean, the chiefs were three and four after seven weeks last year. So that's right where we're at. I don't really care. And uh, basketball started. So I'm all in on the basketball hype train right now. So, and hockey. I'll pay attention to basketball come <clears throat> February, March. I, I, I pay attention to it now and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stop paying attention to it for a while and then I'll pick it back up. There is hockey, which Seth, you are a St. Louis Blues fan. Uh, yes, I've been following. The Blues have been playing pretty well so far early this season. Yeah, don't get your hopes up. Your hopes up. They just lost three to one to Oilers. Yeah, I, I caught the early part. I didn't catch the third period. Um, How did but, we come on the Blues for you to follow? Just random spin of the wheel. The Blues. Really. Yeah, the Blues. So, so can you name one player on the Blues? 
not Ilya Kovalchuk. Okay. <laughs> um, no, there was a guy that I was watching uh, um, <clears throat> there in one of their preseason matches that I was really impressed with. Here, I'll help um, you out. Get a pen ready. Because the guy's okay. name is Vladimir Tarasenko. I, I I do recognize that name. Um, who? No, no, no. That's not the guy though, because I didn't when I was watching. I didn't get to see him play. <laughs> no, he's um, a right winger. He's he's pretty good. That's what I've heard. Uh, let me see. Who was it? Because I texted somebody about it. Ah crap! I, I gotta look it up. But no, I, I was really impressed with the way that he that he played in the in the couple preseason matches I watched. And I've watched all the all the matches so far in the regular season. <clears throat> so They're not matches, by the way. Games, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, what, was it Ryan O'Reilly? No, it wasn't Ryan. Um, O'Reilly is their captain, and O'Reilly was a for is a former Avalanche player, and I love that guy. I hate the Blues, but I love that guy. Yeah, I hate the Blues too. I'm a Preds. I think I want to say it was Justin Falk. I was watching him. I was really impressed with how he played. Um, and the, I think the last preseason game they had, he scored like one or two goals. Uh, yeah, he's, so he's like, he's like a bombing defender. It's pretty nice. Yeah, he was. Like, I, was I was really impressed with him. I was really enjoying watching him. So I've been keeping an eye on it. Um, I'm definitely going to do I can't tell if Earl knows what he's talking about or if he's just better at bullshitting hockey than he is soccer. <laughs> no, I know hockey. <clears throat> yeah, this is a learning experience for me with hockey. Like I've I've watched it in the past, and now I'm really like trying to like pay attention <clears throat> to it. Um, and I've said it before. You know, once the Thrashers left Atlanta, I stopped paying attention. So um, this is definitely different, and there there are some aspects of it that that I can kind of uh, relate to from, from my soccer experience. Um, but yeah, it's Jacob, Jacob. Do you need me to drive to Fort Sumner? Give you CPR. Possibly. If you see me fall, uh, <laughs> run. That's, that's what I'll say. Well, I'm not going to run. I'm going to probably hop in my car and drive out there for you, but I won't well, run. run to your car. At least please. We'll have to put shoes on first. No, you don't <laughs> dude. There's fucking go heads out here. Wow. Those things are like the spawn of fucking Satan. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, we've already, we're not even 10 minutes in the show. We're already like off the rails. Uh, <laughs> Earl Earl expected nothing and got nothing out of the playoff match on, on Saturday night. Jacob, how disappointed are you? Like, are you, are you disappointed hoping, that we're out? I was hoping you would forget that yeah. I didn't answer this question. Um, I think there's always kind of a sense of relief when when we lose finally, uh, just because like playoff games are fucking stressful, man. Like <clears throat> I was watching the LAFC uh, Galaxy match on Thursday, and, that was stressful, and I was freaking the fuck out. And like I'm I'm a fairly big LAFC fan, but it's not like United. Like it's not like my in my blood. Uh, it's not my heart and soul like United is. So watching that United match, um, it was weird because it was it was stressful kind of until Sacramento scored. And then our response to Sacramento scoring was a response that we've unfortunately seen several times this year of like nonchalantness and like not... 
not going to say not caring because I know those guys and I know they care. But for whatever reason, the urgency wasn't there at first, right after where they scored their first goal. And from that moment on, I was like, oh, okay, well, we've seen this story before. And so I'm not even going to worry about it. So <clears throat> from that point on, it was kind of just, all right, if we if we end up getting one back and, and tying it up, then awesome. But I am, I'm not going to hold my breath. And that's kind of what where I was at with that. And and so it's it's bittersweet I'd, I'd rather be in still and and fighting for a title but uh at least this way i can not have a heart attack in uh five years because i feel like it'll be a little bit longer now since since we don't have <clears throat> at least one more game uh to stress out on but at the end of the day i i mean I thought at the beginning of the season, if I, I, I have to go back and listen to the tapes, but I was pretty freaking high on this team. Um, I liked a lot of the moves that they made. I thought <clears throat> that with Zach coming in and and some of the stuff that he talked about in the preseason press conference when, uh, when well, I guess his introductory press conference, um, I, I thought there were a lot of good things that were going to come of it. and And I think we saw a lot of that come to fruition at times, just the inconsistency of this club has been up and down all year. And then you look at, you look at the last, you know, I would say San Antonio, San Diego, Vegas, Los Dos and Colorado Springs. You look at those five matches and you're like, okay, this club has kind of figured some things out and looks pretty good. Uh, and then the same old club shows up for the playoff match and you're, you're just a little upset by it. So, um, yeah, I think I'm still kind of, kind of in a similar state as Earl. I don't know if I'd say suicide watch. That was a little dark there, Earl, but, uh, um, I'm definitely, definitely kind of, yeah, about it. Like I'm not, I, I went through the five stages of grief, um, during the match. So, so now I'm just kind of in like a depressed state about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and for me, and we'll jump into the, the recap of the match here in just a minute. And no, later, I have to. And later, yeah, let's, let's not. Well, the yeah. other option is to dive into the, the, the content over on the Mexico United Nation. I like that better. <laughs> I, I have not been on since the last. I, after the after we went down two goals, I took my watch off so I would <coughs> so I wouldn't be getting the little vibrations from Earl mm-hmm. and his text messages. And I put hold my on, phone in my on. room. I didn't text uh, at all that night. Oh bullshit! Well, after the two zero, yeah, it's uh, I mean, I, I want to get to some of that here in due course, no matter what we do, but. Um, because there are some interesting takes. There are some interesting takes on Reddit as well, and so I want to get like instant reaction as soon as the season's over from you guys on, on some of that stuff. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But for me, watching Saturday night, you know, I had my family here. My my parents were in town. My boys were here. We were all hanging out, and. <clears throat> that's why I wished it had been a home match. I wish so I could take my parents out to a game and let them see, you know, 
what it's like being there, you know, with United Nation and hanging out at a, at a match. And, and uh, so that's what I was really pulling for uh, the, the home opportunity. So, um, but watching, it was really just a tale of two halves. You know, we played decently in the first. And then, like you said, like we, we came out flat, like we've seen. And that's where it's like, okay, like this, there, there's that feeling, you know, we're not playing like we have in the past few weeks. And so like that, that disappointment's obviously there after the return to the playoffs, something that we missed out on last year, that, that experience, that opportunity to, to get out and shine, you know, in front of only a handful of teams remaining. And so, I mean, yeah, it's as a fan, it's disappointing because you obviously you want the team to do well. And as, as, as a media member, someone who covers the club that has access to Zach and has access to the club and we get to see things and we, we know a little bit more about what, what goes on, you know, behind closed doors than, than most folks. And this team is better than what, what they, they did this year. They really are talent wise, um, intelligence wise, football IQ wise. And I think that's what the biggest sense of disappointment is for me. It's that this team should have done a lot better in my opinion knowing what we do about the club and seeing what we see, but they continue to, to play down. And, and so, yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely disappointing, but there is that sense of kind of a sense of relief. It's like, okay, well now we look forward to next year and, you know, starting a new campaign up here again in about five months. So that that's where I'm at with it. As, as disappointed as I am, it's like, okay, time to turn the page and move on to next year for us. Yeah, I honestly think some of some of our best content and some of my favorite uh, moments are off-season moments and mm-hmm. seeing who we're bringing in and what, who we're bringing back and what we're doing. And so, <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to that to an extent. Um, but the, the thing about that is, you get it, you get that content and you get that silly season type stuff, whether you win a championship or not. So. Uh, I would much rather be looking at who we're bringing back after at least making a run and not getting bounced in the first round. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we already know a little bit about who's coming back next season. Uh, We know that we do have five players already under contract through 2023. Um, Chris Weehan, Christian Nava, Kalen Wright, and Amano Moreno and Sergio Rivas. They're all under contract for 2023. Um, so those guys will be back. They've already that that was all announced months ago. Um, so it's nothing new. The club hasn't put anything well, new. Weehan was announced when we got him. When back we signed from, him, yeah, <laughs> from Orange County, and I think Kalen and Amondo were announced last off season. Yeah, they, well, they put out a news uh, update like a couple months back, um, talking about these players were signed yeah. through twenty twenty three, and then it was in uh, Nava's post Nava's news that he was signed through 2023 as well. So um, the rest of the club, as far as we know, is only signed through the end of November of this year. So, well, I'm, I, we know that Nico has an op, a team option yeah. uh, for next year. We, I, and I'm relatively sure there are a couple others. Well, we know that Raddy has the option to Raddy's, buy. After Raddy, yes. Raddy does have an option to buy. Um, um and so the team can decide, I think, to keep several other players depending on what they feel, mm-hmm. uh, how they feel this year went. Uh, it's just a matter of figuring out 
what exactly they want to do with with certain players. But so it, it's it's not necessarily we ha- only have those five players signed right, right. through 2023. It's that the rest have not the rest, but some of other some others have options that we could pick up or they could pick up or or something like that. that we, we I just think that's what, what we they, know at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we also know that uh, that Carl Sainty is. Te- so the the MLS next pro season is done, but he hasn't officially returned to the squad. There was no official announcement made about it. Um, FC Dallas does have did have the option to buy. As far as I know, that has not been triggered. So um, there's a chance we may see Sainty back as well. Um, as far as I know, he's not under contract for 2023. Uh, and his contract will be up at the end of November. So we'll see what happens with him as well. But, you know, silly season we'll get into here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, El Paso's silly season is already ridiculous, and we'll talk about that probably uh, maybe next week, week after. We'll get into that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Saturday night, New Mexico United, Sacramento Republic. Uh, Republic pick up the 2-0 win over United um, United looked pretty good in the first half. We were pressuring Sacramento a lot inside their own defensive third made several errors <clears throat> or caused several errors from Republic that we just couldn't take advantage of. You know, you saw Mondo Moreno on like the fifth minute, I believe it was uh, get the ball off, off the, off a turnover and, you know, shank the ball wide, right. Uh, so you know, a couple minutes later, same similar thing happened. And so, United, look, we had opportunities. We just couldn't make anything of it. And then second half comes around. We come out flat. Sacramento gets that goal there, 90 seconds in. And from there, it's all Sacramento. Um, I mean, looking at this match on Saturday night, I mean, Earl, first, let's go to you. Um, what, What went right for United, in your opinion, in the first half? And then how did that change later on? Um, so what went right in the first half was we were actually, we looked hungry. We looked like we wanted to score and we actually were acting on that hunger of trying to score. Then the second half came and I don't know what happened in a halftime during the speech or halftime during whatever happened, but we turned it off for lack of better words. Um, just straight up didn't come out, didn't look hungry, looked lethargic in the second half until about the 80th minute where he brought on a couple subs to try to boost some speed, and it just it just didn't really matter at that point because we're already down 2-0. Uh, speaking of those subs, Jacob, and this is something we've talked about all season long. Uh we saw the first we had we saw an injury sub in the first half for Sam Hamilton. We saw Nico Brett come on in the 62nd minute, and then we had uh, Christian Devin and uh, uh, and Josh Suggs all come in around the 75th minute. At that point, do you think it was too little, too late? Because at that point, we were already down two 0 Do you think Zach could have brought them on a little bit sooner and maybe helped stem the tide a little bit or put more attacking pressure back on, or do you think there was something else behind his logic? I, I don't know. Um, I, we, I think we've second guessed a lot of, of the sub patterns uh, for Zach. 
uh, this season. And and um, when Nico came on, I, I'm pretty sure I text because at the time, Nico and Nava were standing next to an assistant uh, kind of going over some stuff. And I thought they were both going to come in at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that's what we needed. I think we, I thought we needed that jolt uh, of Nava in the midfield, uh, attacking midfield type uh, jolt there. And then uh, I was just excited. I, I wanted Nico back out there because Nico, Nico typically does what Nico does and that's score goals. If he can get any kind of service whatsoever. And so I was really pumped about that. And then I was really upset when Nava didn't come on right away. Um, I, I think, I think that Nava should have been brought on when Nico came on. And then shortly after that, uh, more changes should have been made. The, I'm not going to say that we came out of halftime looking lethargic. Uh, I know that you can point to the first goal there, 90 seconds in and say, uh, we got caught flat footed there, but, um, they, I mean, that was just, it was a great ball and, and Foster's just quick. I mean, he's just fast. So he was able to, to beat Swahi there and, and then beat, uh, Tim Bacchus and, and put it in the back of the net. And I, but I don't know if we can, I think that was more of a punch to the mouth than coming out of halftime looking lethargic. Uh, I feel like, after that, it was like, oh shit, okay, let's take a deep breath, and then they never, they never got settled in and, and got to where they wanted to push forward. I think they were too afraid of letting that same kind of goal happen again and getting caught out of position um, that they they just didn't they didn't show that urgency to get forward and to try to get that tying goal until later in the match after it was already over. And honestly, I mean, it should have been three 0 uh, if not for a Tambacus miracle save um, on Archibek. I mean, he <clears throat> that was Suggs just gave him that breakaway and uh, one-on-one with, with Tambacus, and Tambacus was able to make a stop, which kept us in it and I thought might give us some life. I think that was around like 80, 82, 83 maybe, um, maybe a little bit earlier than that. And I'm like, okay, good job, Tambacus. So maybe that'll that'll spark a, a, some kind of, of fire in us. And it, and it just didn't. And we saw that too many times where they're just, we just couldn't get that sense of urgency up in big moments. And I, I don't know what that was. I don't know if that's coaching, if that's um, trying to teach them. I, Cause coaches, we've heard coach talk about playing with emotion and controlling that emotion and, and harnessing it, <clears throat> damn it, more than uh, m- instead of overdoing it and over attacking and stuff like that. And I don't know if if he just coached them so well that they were very good at that, not getting emotional and not ramping up. But I don't know. They, it's it's very frustrating as an observer to pick up on a lack of urgency in a playoff do or die match down a goal. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And so I don't know what that actually is. I know what we translated as is lack of urgency, but I don't know what, I don't know where that comes from. 
Yeah, I, while we're talking, I, I'm playing around with the, with the touch map with the chalkboard over on USLChampionship.com. Nico had six touches after he came on the pitch. Six. And that's something that we've talked about all season is the distribution and the, the service that Nico is getting. And I think this is a big part of it. I mean, six touches is not enough for a forward like Nico. He's someone that you have to get involved. Jerome had, uh, had quite a few touches, right around 22 touches, um, you know, before he came out. So he, he, he had more time on the ball. Than Dev and Sir and not Sergio, uh, Dev and Nico combined, um, which I think right. is a good thing, yeah. but it didn't translate to anything. I if I think we're having a totally different conversation if you flip the two halves, mm-hmm. even if we still lose by two, if if they score two in the first half, and then we come out in the second half looking like we did in the first half, I think we're sitting here going, "Oh, they want it, they want yeah. it," but. How they did not I understand the press part of it is a little different when you're down a goal, uh, because the other team's more liable to just sit back and not want that ball. But the the urgency and the the running at players and the running for loose balls and the, the passing, I mean Earl, Earl. We can talk about the passing now. I, I think it's time to have that conversation. Um, the second half specifically, some of the worst passing, um, in United history, I think, um, I mean, just, they look, and I, I think they just got rattled after that first goal and just could not settle down. And I don't, I I thought this team, I mean, we went down to, uh, galaxy uh, and came back and won. We went down to San Antonio came back and got the draw. We went down to San Diego and came back and got the draw. I I thought we had kind of learned to fight a little bit and not get uh, rattled like that. And they just, I mean, just bad pass after bad pass. The, the Archbeck chance that I was referencing was a Suggs pass. That was literally to him, to Archbeck. I mean, it wasn't even like close to a United player that he just passed it away. Um, the second goal was off a terrible turnover, a bad pass in our end. I mean, it just, it just, they weren't crisp like we had seen them. They weren't attacking in that second half. But I, I think that Nico getting only six touches doesn't surprise me because we didn't, we had the ball in our end like five total minutes in the second half, it felt like. I mean, the a one lot. chance in our end. Not with any purpose, though. Not in the second half. Oh no, 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 no. yeah, no. There was no like purpose at all. Well, we I mean, it was just half. Yeah. Well, is there ever a purpose when we go in card back half? Yes, technically, but but no, I mean, we just we never got forward in the second half until the bitter end there after it was too late, uh, with any like real attacking threat. I mean, I, I can probably count four times count on and count on one hand how many times i thought we actually looked dangerous in the first half or in the second half i mean and one of them was i don't know what the hell uh their keeper was doing on that one play where he came out 
and it like hit off his shoulder uh, and fell to Nico. And I understand what Nico was trying to do there. Uh, Cause you have an empty net. Um, he just, I think he, he was even kind of shocked at what the hell was going on and kind of rushed it and ended up getting his shot blocked. And then it kind of bounced around and stuff. But I mean, it, it just, it, it was a microcosm. That game was a microcosm of United season. It was a lot of good things, a lot of good things that we could talk about. But at the end of the day, the few mistakes that we made, with the ball that led to goals and then not being able to finish is just how the season went this year. And it's so it's kind of fitting that it ended on a game like that. I think one play, one place that we really failed on Saturday was I don't think we played in the wide areas enough. And over the past couple weeks, we've seen success doing that, but we've gotten, we got away from it. And I was, I was, you know, we knew Nico was available. Zach knew was available. Uh, so I, I kind of questioned the 11 a little bit. I kind of questioned the tactical set, the tactical setup. I questioned the, the intensity. I questioned, you know, there are a number of things that I, that I have issues with, with how we played a Saturday night. In the first half, like I, I felt like, I felt like we were on to something. I felt like we had opportunities. And I mean, we just, eh, it's been like that all season long. You know, we play well for a half and we don't get the finishes. So I just, I don't know. Like I'm going to go back. I'm going to look at a bunch of different things here in the off season and see if I can't dive deeper into it. I'd like to see if we can have some more conversations with Zach, um, with some of the players, maybe, you know, um, and really see if we can't like dig into what do they think they didn't they didn't um successfully do throughout the season you know um i mean earl looking at looking at this looking at the missed opportunities um what can united do to fix that you know like either mid game like we saw Saturday night, we had early chances in the, against Sacramento. How do you make changes to make those more likely to, to give you yourself in a more likely position to convert? How do you continue putting yourself into those opportunities when Sacramento clearly outplayed us in the second half? You're muted, Earl. Um, what did you just say? My brain had like a, like a meltdown for a couple <laughs> seconds. So when you see United having these opportunities and they're not converting, they're not making the most of the opportunity. What, what changes can Zach make there in the middle of the match to try to keep those opportunities coming to try to put the guys in better positions to, to convert those chances or, you know, at, at, and they're in the second half on Sacramento is playing as well as they were. How does United break that to, to, to put even get like a single opportunity. I think just, I mean, better subs. I mean, we had Brucey on the bench who didn't make an appearance. Um, Brucey is always a game changer. Um, you had Nava who was supposed to come on with Nico, but then sat around for about half a century. 
grew a beard and then ca- finally came in. Um, the kid's now old enough to drink, I guess, because that's how long it took for him to get on the pitch. Um, so really just better timing with the subs, I would say, um, in order to insert that speed and that pace in order to get our attackers into the spots where they need to be. If that makes any sense. Do you feel like there's enough creativity Saturday night or did you, because that's something we've talked about it also this season. You know, was there enough creativity for you in generating those opportunities? Uh, The first half. Yes. The first half we played incredible. I mean, yeah, we didn't score anything, but we also didn't let them score. And we looked hungry and continued to pressure the entire 45 minutes. So, yeah, there was a bunch of creativity in the first, but then second half it was they took a nap somewhere and just didn't come, didn't wake up. Looking at United's uh, shot statistics on Saturday evening, five blocked shots. One shot on target. Everything else was off. I mean, and that's just that that's not gonna cut it. That's not good enough at all. Um, <clears throat> you know, 16 total shots, one on target. One. I mean, I don't necessarily think shot selection was bad. It's just the it's the conversion. It, it, it's Putting is making quality shots, and and the thing is that that's not necessarily something you can teach. Like you can teach people, teach your players, you know, work with them and say, "Hey, look, you know, you get your opportunity, you have to take a shot. You got to take them. You know, you can't teach the you can't teach the quality of the shot. It's all on the 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 follow through uh, of the player." Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know it's disappointing. I, I think that's all there is to it. You know, looking back at Saturday, because we obviously, you know, we all want United to continue on. We want a cup. We want United to do well, but the team just wasn't good enough on Saturday and they weren't good enough at different times throughout the season. Um, so, I mean, I, that kind of brings me to the, to the next topic. And I mentioned it earlier is New Mexico United Nations. Over on Facebook, Earl. I know you had some back and forth with some folks. Um, I didn't get involved in any of it. I've read through some of it, and the the armchair reaction, the immediate reaction from some folks, seems to be there needs to be a massive overhaul of the roster of the coaching staff, beginning with Zach, or there needs to be a change in leadership. In ownership, because there are some people that believe that Peter doesn't know what he's doing. And Peter's rightly, you know, Peter has said that, you know, he was never fully a soccer guy and he's learning as he goes. So, instant reaction Jacob, where is the problem with this team? Is it Zach? No. No, it's not Zach. It's not Peter. Peter has built something out of nothing. Um, and Pete, when you hear Peter talk or when you talk to Peter, we've, we've been lucky enough to have him on the pod. 
uh sets interviewed him another time um that we've put out on the podcast and then obviously we we see him at all the home matches and stuff like that um the guy the guy is wanting to build something for new mexico the state and the community um and he is accomplishing that off the pitch a hundred percent for sure um and on the pitch i i mean We missed the playoff. We've missed the playoff once. The one year that we were like in the play-in round, whatever the hell you want to call it, we made the quarterfinals of the Open Cup, beat three M, three, two, two MLS sides. Um. <clears throat> then this year, for all the shit talking and all the problems, we. M- barely missed hosting a playoff match and then we did shit the bed in the playoffs i'll give you that but people are acting like we're (coughs) like the worst team in the league and the sky is falling like they're acting like we're like tacoma um I, i know tacoma's not in the league anymore but like the they're just reacting as if like we should now, like, like you look at Louisville, Louisville came into the league successful since FC Cincinnati. They came into the league successful. <clears throat> Phoenix did not come into this league successful. They, they have built something since then. And obviously it's kind of tore down just last year. You can look at El Paso and say, Oh, okay. Well, they, <laughs> You know, they made the Western Conference Finals two years. Um, the first two years they were in existence, blah, 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 blah. But they haven't built anything sustainable. We saw that this year, and we're seeing it this offseason going into next year. Mm-hmm. They, they're they not, barring some miraculous signings and a miraculous turnaround, they're not going to be a top-tier club next year. They might make the playoffs because half the league makes the playoffs, but they're not going to be like world beaters next year. What we're trying to do is build something that's sustainable year over year over year over year, both on and off the pitch. I think we have proven that off the pitch we have done that. The What United does in the community is, one, more important than what United does on the pitch most of the time. <clears throat> and two, has been super successful no matter which way you look at it. I don't care what you look at. The Somos Unidos Foundation, the academy team, the U23 team, <clears throat> going into the schools, being there for these communities. It's, it's something that no other team in the league that I can see anyways is doing it quite like we are. So then you come back and you focus on the pitch. Zach is a first-year head coach. We saw our most successful season. Oh, but wait, point. wait, 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 wait. But if this was the Premier League, he'd be fired. It's not the Premier League. <laughs> This is not even MLS. Wait a um, minute. You mean we are not the top league in the world? <clears throat> and so you look at that, look at this season alone. Some will say we underperformed. I think we underperformed for the talent that we had on the field. But that's not taking into account that Zach is a first year head coach. We had 
a lot of key additions that were new. If you look at Tampa Bay, who I I really aspire to be Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay has been in this league a long fucking time. And they have been successful the whole time. They very rarely have had a down season. And their coach right now has been in that system for eight seasons. And I would not be surprised if Tampa wins at all this year after losing in the sim or losing in the finals last year. They're, they're that good of a team. But they've built that by year after year after year, staying consistent and getting better and better and better. <clears throat> and for us to give Zach one year and then call for his head, give Nico one year and then call for his head, try to remake, remodel, remake this whole roster. There's good fucking players on this roster. There's talent on this roster. Rachel, if you're listening, I have to take a little bit of like these guys. She kind of has said that the the fire, the the connection with the fans wasn't there as much. And I, I don't I mean, I, I think that is coming from a place because the home games didn't go our way. And I'm sorry, but if I'm a player playing at home in front of 13,000 fans and we lose, particularly like in the fashion that we lost to Birmingham, I don't want to go out there and sign autographs for 30 minutes after the match. I'm furious. And if you look at our home record, even the draws, like against Orange County and Oakland, the two of the first three matches of the season, after the, if you're giving up late goals, your heart is just ripped from your body in those moments. And so you're not going to be as like joyous and engaged with the fan base when you're going around signing autographs as you would if you just trounced somebody 5-1. That wasn't happening this year, at home especially. So I, I think the problem with this club is growing pains. I think everybody had expectations that were probably a little too high. <clears throat> and everybody just needs to take a fucking chill pill. Let Zach have another offseason to work. Let Itamar have another offseason to work. The, the change, calling for change at the top with Peter is ridiculous. Um, nobody else is going to come in and put what Peter has put into the, this club as far as time and money and opportunity loss that he could have been doing something else with. This has been his life for four seasons. And nobody else is going to, no ownership group is going to come in and do that. That's just not how it works. Especially like, do we, we, we know El Paso fairly well, right? Who owns El Paso? Does anybody know? Off the top of their head? No. Does anybody know what El Paso is doing for a stadium? Anything? No. No. What we have at the top is special. And I don't understand how anybody could be calling for anything other than that. See, I haven't been on United Nations. So you opening this can of worms uh, is just fired me up. Um well, let's take it over to Earl then. Earl, you you actually have had some back and forth. I, I've gone through. I've read some of the stuff. I haven't commented. I haven't. Said anything. I'm not very active in the Mexico United Nation. I should probably be more active over there. But that community. No, oh. no, no. You should. <laughs> no, no. You, should you go. 
that community to me is so incredibly toxic and Reddit's not much better. But at least over on the subreddit, I'm a moderator and I can, you know, ban hammer people, you know, that, that annoy me. Uh, speaking of which, I, I, I want to ask you guys this real quick before I get to your question. And I'll actually start early with you on this. Earl, if you were not a diehard, would you have a problem with me referring to players as Dev, Christian, Nico? Or do you think it's a necessity that I use their last names at all times. No. So around the world, <clears throat> my mute. No, I'm not. <clears throat> Sorry. I have a little throat, throat. So around the world, you look at the top, the top players. What are their names? Mbappe, Ronaldo, Neymar. They don't all go by their entire first name or their entire full name. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to go with this anymore. Can I ask what the fuck you're talking about? Okay, so if you if you've never been on the subreddit during every match, we have a live thread that goes that runs live. That commentary. place is toxic. When I, when I'm in the when I'm in the box, I usually you know we usually hear about you know the subs a couple minutes ahead of time, so I talk about the subs. Things like that. There's there's one person over on the subreddit that apparently has started taking issue with the fact that I sometimes call players by their first names. And they got upset saying, we're not all best friends. And for someone who's not a diehard, you should use their last name so they know who you're talking about. And this person was willing to die on this hill Saturday night during the match. Now, even if I wasn't a diehard, you hear dev. You hear B. This guy got upset by me using by me calling bees bees. Like if you don't know who bees is, even as a casual, that's an issue. If you don't know that dev is Devin, that uh, that's a problem. If you ask me, so I'm just curious: is it a problem if no. us as media, if we refer to players by their first names? No, and there's no reason to continue this this argument, especially when around the world, even for the non-diehards, you, people are calling them by Neymar and Ronaldo or Ronaldo or Cristiano or Messi. I mean, they don't all go by their entire full legal birth certificate name. <laughs> Earl, I, I like your argument, but you're literally just using last names, and it, it it's <laughs> but uh, anyways, right. um, I here's my theory. I think this guy just wanted to be mentioned on the pro on the podcast. I think no, he he was legitimately nah. like ar- he was arguing with me and like other people about this. Like he I think, was dying I think on he, this hill. I think he just wanted to be on the podcast, and you're giving him exactly what we want. So what he wants. So I think we should just move on. <laughs> okay. Um. So I mean, Earl, we heard Jacob's take, and like I said, you had some interactions with the folks over on the Mexico United Nation. Are you hashtag Prince out? And if if you are, why? If not. Where do you think we need to make a, a change? So how many expletives can I use? Um, go full Carlin if you have to. Deal. So Saturday night, let me picture it. Hold on, hold on. Uh, now would be a good time if your kids are listening with you. <laughs> yes. To uh, fast forward 30 seconds uh, or have them leave the room or um, uh, just tell them earmuffs and have them cover their ears. Thanks. Okay, 
So now that we have the earmuffs and the expletive mark going on on this 48th minute. So picture it, my house, Saturday about 9.05, 10.05-ish, whatever time the game in, the match ended. My sarcastic ass hops on this toxic wasteland called New Mexico United Nation to be a snarky little bastard. I, I did comment on your post and said, shut up, Earl, as soon as I read it. We're like two seconds after you posted it. And then I quickly deleted the comment because I realized I was just in my feels. And then I got the fuck out of there. I saw your comment and then I didn't see your comment. I was like, what the fuck just happened here? Anyways, there's one. Sorry, kids. Um, so, yeah. So, my snarky ass decided to hop in on that toxic wasteland called the Mexican United Nation. Um, and post... I don't even remember what I posted. Oh, I do remember now. Um, it was my prediction for the upcoming posts that were going to be happening in the page. Let and then I put. Let me guess. Print out. It was at that point that I knew I fucked up <laughs> <laughs> because the. The amount of people that just hate on anything when it doesn't go their way. For example, United losing a playoff game. We're fucking media. We should be the ones that feel this the most. We do a podcast for the club. We should be the ones feeling this. No, media's are, media members are soulless bastards, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just, that's just that, that guy right there. <laughs> Um, so no, we should be the ones feeling it the most because now we have to talk about it. Now we have to face the club when we do an interview with them or when we talk to them about, Hey, the fuck just happened there. So no, we should be the ones that feel it, but no, these jackasses and I'm going to put it out there. If anyone is on that post or comment, it, it is what it is. So these jackasses decided to comment that I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, which, yeah, they're kind of right. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I'm professional today. Um, so, yeah, so these these idiots decided to tell me I don't know what I'm talking about and that I'm, I'm just one of the diehards and that won't give up the fact that we're mediocre and this and that and yada, yada, yada. They kept going on for about three and a half days. I'm pretty sure I was still getting messages at church, still getting messages on Monday. So yeah, about three and a half days. Um, Telling me how I'm dumb and how I'm stupid because I don't support the Zach Prince out movement. Sorry, but if you, and Jacob, you touched on this a while ago. If you are one of the people, so I want you guys all listening right now to take a moment and do a deep dive into your heart. If you are the person that thinks that a head coach who has never had a coaching, a head coaching position in his life, has to come in and rebuild a roster, which he's never done in his life. If you're the idiot that decides that, hey, this guy 
needs to be gone because it's his first season and he doesn't know what the hell he's doing and we didn't win the championship. We didn't win the Open Cup. And God forbid we didn't get a chance to play fucking Arsenal. Kick fucking rocks. You know, there's a river or a little lake just south of me called Manzano Lake. Jacob knows all about it in the department that he's in. Just walk into there. Just walk in. Your problems will be solved. And if it's not solved, just probably grab one of the bricks that's on the side of the road and then walk back in. That's where I'm at. Someone, I, I did see a, a post over in New Mexico United Nation comparing Zach coming in and the roster to how when uh, Steve Alford got run out of town. He left for UCLA. Coach Neal came in, inherited a roster, basically. Um, I mean, yes, a lot of these guys have been here the past two seasons. Yes, we brought back some guys who were here in the inaugural season. I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. So, Steve Walford, yeah, he did take off UCLA. Pissed on his soul, pissed on his grave, whatever the case you want, whatever the hell you want to do with it. Then you bring in this random dude named Noodles. The guy's nickname is fucking Noodles. What do you expect? <laughs> on top of that, it's college fucking basketball to where you can have one team one year and an entire different team the next. Well, Look to be fair, El Paso is going to have a completely different team next year too. So Who fucking cares about <laughs> But And this is something we talked about early in the year was the roster turnover. You know, we've, we've, we've tracked – the number of players that have returned year over year. And while there's a significant amount of turnover, we've, we've still had a core group of guys come back from year to year. Um, See, but that's the thing. Are, Which club actually retains, unless you're other than Tampa Bay, which club actually retains a majority of their people? Lou City, in, probably. In the USL. If your name is not Tampa Bay or Lou City, which club actually retains everybody? No, I, and you're, no, that that's a fair point, and, and that's an absolutely fair point. Like no club is going to retain an entire club; very few will, anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those situations where you know Zach inherited a club. He's he's been called Troy Light. We, I think, we've said it here on the show. It's been said other places. It's been said on on, on the nation on Reddit. He's he's Troy one point five basically. And while he did inherit a lot of a lot of the same players, he runs a very similar system. There have been changes. There have been some things, and and I think there's a good core coming back next season to build on. And so looking at this, I mean, you know, some people have called, have been calling for, for Zach to be fired for months now. I don't agree with that. You guys clearly don't agree with that. I mean, this isn't champions league football. This isn't premier league. This isn't MLS. You know, we made the play. Zach made the playoffs in his first year. Did we kind of sort of back in maybe just a little bit? Yeah. Kind of sort of, you can, you can, you can look at it that way based on how we played for stretches in the season. Now you still got, you got to go out and play. You got to go out and play and get, win the points. You know, I, I was, while we we're talking, I was going through looking at the schedule. We dropped 17 points from a winning position this year, 17 points from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches. 
where we were leading and then drop points. When that's a huge problem. That's got to change. Um, but yeah, to call for someone's head at this point in their first season, I think is absolutely ludicrous. Um, looking forward to next year, what's the expectation of Zach and how much leeway does he get next year? Do you think he gets the full season or do you think if there's a bad run that that, that, that Pete pulls the plug? I mean, it would have to be a terrible run and it would probably have to be like to start like, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that's not going to happen with the resources that we're going to put into this roster. Um, we're going to have talent out there and in this, like a lot of the times, Talent will at least, I mean, I, I think I think in some ways we rode talent to the fifth spot of the playoffs. Um, I don't think we were super dynamic in attack. Uh, we had a lot of issues in attack. I think the defense uh, started off really strong, but then kind of faltered there in the middle of the season, especially. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, talent kind of wins out uh, over a 34-game schedule. And you're going to end up about where your talent says you should be. And, and I think we were right there in that three, four, five, six range of the West talent wise. Um, and so I don't, I don't, I don't see a run that would be bad enough to have him be out mid season. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, I mean, you, and we're really, what good does that do? You're no, gonna, I agree. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna take him out mid season and have a coaching a full on coaching search in the middle of the season. Um, no, we're gonna go you, poach someone from another club. Uh, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> Phoenix. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and so it just it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, to move on in the middle of a season next year. But I, I mean, look, I we've talked about how I'm probably too optimistic uh, most of the time, but looking at what we have coming back, uh, if we can tweak around what we know is coming back and what we think might be coming back, um, the talent's going to be there another year in the system, another year of hopefully Zach kind of learning about some things that we think he did wrong that uh, I think you can, you can definitely look at sub patterns and say, Hey, some things probably needed to change sub pattern wise. Um, there's some players on this team that I'm not as high on as, as others. Um, and so I wouldn't be heartbroken to see some of them leave. Uh, unfortunately, two of those are, uh, already guaranteed to be back next year out of the five names that we mentioned already. Uh, two of the ones that I'm not, I'm not down on. I just Rebus and Moreno just I think they should be better than what they are. And I think a lot of people think they are better than what they are. Um and so unless they step up then um just not not going to be super thrilled with their play most of the time. That being said, they they both finished the season fairly well and and I think that <clears throat> from from the front to the back the talent on this team is is going to be good next year and leave us with a chance to host a playoff game again. 
I do think, though, uh, when you're looking at the full scope of next season, um, a, a playoff win and possibly hosting a playoff game is probably going to need to happen for Zach not to be on a hot seat uh, with, with Peter. I don't think he's on the hot seat now. I think Peter 100% has his back right now. Um, I mean, we know this because last year, it wasn't Peter that got rid of Troy. Troy got rid of Troy. Right, right. Troy that, is the that one was a that mutual decision. Down. Yeah. Peter did not say, "Hey, you're out of here." It was Troy who said, "Hey, I need to. Like, I, I think they need. Like, I need to move on. They need to move. The team needs to move on. Like, we we need to get out of this situation." And so, even then, even after three seasons, that people were calling for Troy's head after the first year, I think, uh, or at least the second year, <clears throat> or midway through the second year, or it was. <laughs> Earl's asleep. Yeah. Um, they they were they still would have held on to him for another year. Um, yeah, Peter would have. And I'm so, sorry, what, what was Earl? Sorry, you were asleep, Earl. You were <laughs> no, asleep. I was not. I was actually texting my wife. <clears throat> oh, uh, he said that you wanted Troy out. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I but wanted Troy out of the fucking doghouse with everyone else being fucking stupid yeah. with him. And so, and and what I was saying was that. It wasn't even Peter that got rid of Troy. Troy got rid of Troy. And Tro- Peter would have kept him for another year, even though everybody was calling for his head. So he's not going to get... Peter's not going to get rid of Zach after one year, for sure. Peter's probably not going to get rid of Zach after next year, unless it's, like, abysmal and we, like, completely shit the bed and miss the playoffs by a lot. It's just not going to happen. Um, <clears throat> and I don't, I don't think we're going to miss the playoffs. I don't think we're going to have a situation like Phoenix and El Paso did this year where you have a fairly talented team and you just decide to shit the bed. I just don't see that happening. Um, that doesn't mean we're not going to be inconsistent as shit like we were this year, but we'll just have to see what happens um, this off season and going into next year and see where we're at talent wise. Yeah, definitely a, a lot to a lot to look at, a lot to look forward to. And as things break over the offseason, we will certainly get to those. Um, I do want to move on to our, our next topic, which is our pick'em. Earl, congratulations. You are leading our pick'em currently. You are five and one. Yay, Earl. You're muted. Who the fuck are you doing this to me? I swear to fucking God. Anyways, I don't know how 5-1 is possible. Um, but that's probably better than Seth's fantasy right now. So that's good. Uh, I'm 5-2 and two in my fantasy football league. Thank you. My point. Much. You've lost? I've lost twice, yeah. So Anyways. my point is, is my pick'em score, my pick'em record is better than your fantasy league. So we're good there. Well, we'll see what happens this weekend. Um, yeah, no, you had a good uh, week at Pick'em. Jacob, you're three and three. I am two and four currently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you guys went, uh, you guys didn't go chalk on a couple. I went, I didn't go, I won't say I went chalk, but um, I, I had a couple picks that I thought were going to pan out that didn't. Um, Earl, you were the only one who took Pitt over Birmingham. So I think you uh, lucked out there a little bit. Fantastic penalty shootout, by the way. That was that was fun to watch. Um, that match, that whole match was fucking ugly. Yeah, it was. Um, one thing I, I I will say, one of my biggest takeaways from the entire weekend is the piss poor refereeing 
across several of these matches. I mean, Elvis Amo should have been red carded for his, uh, you know, knee to the head of Tyler Derrick. He should have been gone. There should have been red cards all over San. And I mean, most of those ended up out in San Diego. So, oh, so speaking yeah. of which, let me go back over here. We're gonna go back to United. So one Hi. of those comments that I got on that toxic dump of a place on Facebook <laughs> was that we got away with. Actually, it wasn't even on that toxic dump. It was actually on the USL because I called them out on their piss-poor fishing on the non-call handball. Um, 46 minutes, Jacob. Go back and watch it. His hand is not in a natural position. Anyways, so I I made a snarky comment on Facebook because that's what I do on Facebook is snarky bullshit comments. And Sacramento comes in and says that we got away with a non-called red card that we should have got a red card on. Did you see anything that we should have got a red card on? No. I didn't see anything. I didn't think so either. That's where I stopped talking to the guy. Yeah, no, there was a, there was a clear handball that should have been called. Um, it would have been a, a, a would have been a free kick from right outside the box based on where he was. But yeah, I mean his arms out like this, and you could see his arm. You know that that's not a natural position. He's his, his arm is he's made himself bigger. Like that should have been a call. There, there was a you know the second goal possibly should have been disallowed if there was if there was VAR. I couldn't get a good good enough angle to tell if it comes off of his arm, but. You know, the refereeing was questionable across the league Saturday night. Um, yeah, and San Diego apparently decided that, you know, Landon Donovan should go call a match ahead of the World Cup, and they looked terrible. Pick up three red cards, so congrats to them. Um, but looking ahead to this weekend, we've got uh, four matches going on. Uh, Saturday, Saturday, October twenty. No, Friday. I apologize. Friday, October 28th. San Antonio hosts Oakland Roots. That is Friday night at 8.30 Mountain Time, I think. Eastern Time. Eastern Time. Oh, that's a terrible start time. So that is a terrible start time. 10.30 here? 6.30. You're going the wrong way, Earl. Yeah, you're right. How is 6.30 a terrible start time? That's when San Antonio matches start is between 6 and 6.30. I think it's a terrible start time. I just think it is. Anyways, so, carry on. Uh, because and the reason I say this is because you've got one match on Friday and three on Saturday. The three on Saturday all overlap. Okay, that I can. I I'm with you on that. But don't say six thirty is a terrible. I think start time terrible. without context. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's six thirty still terrible. Terrible start time. Terrible start time. So, uh, San Antonio, Oakland. Who you got in this one? San Antonio. San Antonio. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm going San Antonio here as well. I just, as good as Oakland looked against San Diego, and again, San Diego shot themselves in the foot 18 times and then amputated the leg and still tried to play. Um, yeah, San Antonio's the better team here. I think they're going to walk away with the win. Uh, fr- Saturday night, we got three matches. First one leading the charge is Loose City hosting Pitt. I guess this is a 5.30 p.m. start time for us. Who you guys got in this one? <laughs> it is. It's a terrible start time. How dare it interfere with the New Mexico Ice School's home opener? <clears throat> Blue City. 
Okay, Earl's got Lou. Jacob, all right. <sighs> yeah, I like Lou City in this one, too. I just don't think Pitt has it. Um, next up on the slate for Saturday night is Colorado Springs hosting Sacramento. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this one troubles me a lot. You're leading, Wait. Earl. You're going to go first. Sacramento. <laughs> Sacramento, okay. Any particular reason why? Or is it just because they beat us? No, it's because Colorado Springs does not play well. I mean, they lost with before they started playoffs. They lost three of their last five games. Um, four of those were at home, mm-hmm. and they lost three of those. Um, and, and they, they dropped made, a three spot on RGV in the final twenty minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, so they are so inconsistent that it's actually kind of scary that they're even in this position right now. Um, so yeah, Sacramento. Okay, Jacob. Colorado. Colorado. Any particular reason? Wasn't sold on Sacramento beating when they beat us. I think I think the game was there for us to get back into. We just didn't we just didn't do what we needed to do. And um I, I don't think Sacramento gets in that position because I think Colorado is able to get an early lead or get the first goal anyways and, and make it a, a shit show from there. And so I, I I will say Colorado, but I will also say extra time, uh, maybe even penalties. I also um, am looking to put here on this back wall somewheres a uh, Jeff Caldwell kit. So, yes, yes. The sooner the better. Did you ever <laughs> write your letter to Colorado Springs? I did. You did? Nice. Okay. Nice. Interesting. All right. We'll see what happens from that. Have they replied? No. Okay. I sent this snail mail, though. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sold on Sacramento. I I think there's a chance they could win this, but Colorado Springs over the past couple weeks, Aaron Wheeler has been super impressive to me. Um, again, no Haji Berry, but they've got Galena. They've got plenty of weapons out in Colorado. I think Colorado wins this one. Uh, and the final match of the night, this one kicks off at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Memphis and Tampa, the 2-3 matchup out in the East. I think this one's going to be really interesting. And this is this was the one that's on my watch list on Saturday night. This, this one's tough because, obviously, Memphis is the two-seed. Um, they're really good. Um... But then Tampa Bay just plays fucking incredible with Gonzwelli or whatever his name is, Gonzali or Gonzetti, <laughs> whatever the fuck his name is. I know how you spell it, G-U-E-N-Z-E-T-T-I. So Gwenzetti. Um, are you, are you, you looking at are you looking at his stats before we go into this? Are you looking at his name right now? Or do you just know how to spell it? Don't look it up. No, I don't have it. Okay, what's his first name? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do you know it? Uh, It's Sebastian, I believe. You might be right. 
You are correct. Gwenzadi. Gwenzadi. Sorry. There you go. <clears throat> I love how you could spell his <laughs> Italian last name, but did not know his first name. I, I don't need stats. I'm going Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Okay. I've watched at least one of one match of every team this year. And if even in the Eastern Conference and most of them, especially the clubs that are remaining, I've watched at least two and Tampa to me has the highest ceiling of any team remaining. Mm -hmm. I think they can reach the highest highs and I trust them to at least reach a higher high than Memphis. So Ooh. here's here's why I went Memphis. I'll give you an explanation. Because you want to lose. No. Because you even don't if, know what you're talking about. Even if I lose, I'm still not going to lose because I'm still at five and you're only at three. Um, anyways. I don't know if you quite know how math works. <laughs> <laughs> so Tampa Bay has not lost a home match since June 6th. Of this season, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not June 6th, it's oh, June Okay, 5th. Devin Kerr talking about a home match that's not happening anywhere else. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? It's in Memphis. It's going to be in Memphis. That's my point. So Tampa you Bay, just said Tampa hasn't won a, or lost a home match. How do you but then you're saying, <laughs> you're saying that they're playing in Memphis. I don't understand. You, Elaborate. Elaborate Anyways. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Never mind. I don't know what the fuck I was trying to say. Uh, I can't. I don't know if Earl will try to speak to their road record, but Rowdies uh, have lost four of their last five matches on the road. That's fine. They lost to Loose City, Colorado, Charleston, Detroit City, and then they beat Monterey Bay on the road. <laughs> sure. I think that's where I was going. I don't know. Carry on. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing there. All right. So Earl, Earl's got Memphis. Jacob's got Tampa. I agree with Jacob. Tampa, uh, Tampa's got the, the higher ceiling uh, of the two clubs and probably the highest ceiling, ceiling of all the clubs remaining, um, except for San Antonio. I like Tampa Bay early in the season. I, I, I said that they were a really solid team, especially when they were having a little bit of a down moment. Um, I took Tampa Bay over El Paso. Over over El Paso a few weeks ago, USL show taking El Paso over Tampa Bay. You guys, insane! You have to remember that that Phil on the USL show is the seriously local guy. I mean he he is a El Paso fan. No, oh, I know, and and sways them uh, one way or another. Most I I I'm just I'm still convinced at this point that they don't watch the Western Conference at all. I, I'm just convinced. They they have two guys on that show regularly that are an El Paso fan and an Orange County fan. You know, we got a San DM, Diego San Diego fan. Yeah, Alan. Uh, we got a DM over on Twitter earlier saying that we should try to get a see if we can't get a spot on the USL show to bring a Western Conference point of view to that show. Nah. I'll reach out to Kaler. So hey. so funny funny story. I did try to get a because back in the day, they had a Western Conference and an Eastern Conference show. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the beginning of, I want to say 20, um, the 2020 season, 
I was on the B. I'm. I still technically am on the BGN uh, roster as far as writers. Um, and I tried to get a Western Conference podcast going then, uh, and it never never panned out. So, if <clears throat> if they were to do that, get us Western Conference guys on one pod, and then the Eastern Conference guys on another pod, I'd be down. Maybe we do that. Maybe maybe we should do that. Reach out. You know, maybe. <clears throat> Me, you, Harry, Phil, Allen, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'd have to look and see who else does one in the West, but those are the guys that I would want to talk to or Ray. Ray would be interesting, but uh, anyway, yeah, I, I just, uh, I have an issue with El, with USL show taking El Paso over Tampa. Like, it's just no, but um, Tampa Bay, higher ceiling than everybody, in my opinion, except for San Antonio. Um, so I think their ceiling is higher than San Antonio's. Yeah. I think San Antonio is more consistent by a mile. But as far as like what they are capable of, I think Tampa Bay is capable of whooping San Antonio three nothing in the right circumstances. That doesn't mean they're going in the right in the right circumstances. That doesn't mean they're going to. But I, if they come out and play how they can play a hundred percent, like their best game of their life, I don't care what San Antonio does. I'm picking Tampa Bay. The problem is that just doesn't always happen. And Tampa has been inconsistent this year at times to where I wouldn't count on that to happen. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't count on it to happen simply because San Antonio has got a fucking fantastic defense. No, I do. I'm not taking anything away from San Antonio. Yeah. I I just think that Tampa would be able to score on them. And Tampa's defense is no slouch either when they no. are fully engaged. And so you give me a fully engaged Tampa Ra- Bay Rowdies, and I think they're a better team than anybody else. Yeah, very well could be. I, I, <clears throat> I've got that as my final this year. I really do. That's that's my final. So I'm taking Tampa Bay in this matchup over, over Memphis. So there you go. There's our there's our picks for this weekend. Uh, be sure to tune in Friday and Saturday night to catch all the action over on ESPN+. Plus. Um, I think that's going to just about do it for us here this evening. I do have one final thing before Jacob closes us out. Uh, guys, it is election season, no matter who you vote for, no matter which way you lean. Left, right, center, go vote. Nothing's going to change if you don't if you don't vote, you can talk all you want, but nothing's going to change the people that you support. You know, nothing's going to happen. If you don't go vote, I voted yesterday uh, here in the Bernalillo County. The, the, the ballots like this long, it's insane. It's front and back. Like, and there's more money on there for education and homelessness and other things. People go vote. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Sorry, my my nihilistic approach is is uh, it doesn't fucking matter. But but um, we're we're not not a political podcast, so um, I, I will I will leave that to Seth. And if he says go vote, then damn it, go vote because it's Seth saying it. It's just important, you know. And it's obviously it's taken over the airwaves, and people talk about have been talking about it all over the place. So I'm just saying, go out and vote. You know, I'm not trying to make this political. I'm not going to try to sway you one way or the other, but, you know, there you go, Stephen. There you Thank you, Stephen. 
Thank you. Vote it up, baby. Stephen's the most anti-government person that I know, by the way. So it's it's funny that you're saying that. Yeah. Um. Anyways. <laughs> uh, what an episode. Yep. Earl, do you have anything else? Yeah, I got one thing for you guys. <laughs> God, that was fucking loud. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah, you do work for the government now, don't you? I forgot about that, Steven. <laughs> we, three of the four. Oh, sh- three of the four of us do, actually. <laughs> so that's funny. Sorry, I was going to unmute you, and you muted. I unmuted you. You muted yourself. I'm sorry. Anything else? No? Anything non-music related that will get us kicked off of YouTube? No, we're good. No? We're good. All right. Uh, We'll we'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, We'll probably... Maybe we'll have some roster news. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. If United takes the El Paso uh, route and is just like, fuck the playoffs. Here's all our roster news. Um, So... We'll see. We'll see what happens there. And then, uh, but we'll maybe talk about that. We'll definitely talk about the playoffs. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, leading the the playoff pick after next week. So so we'll talk about that for sure. Uh, I can guarantee you that we will not talk about a few things. We will not talk about Seth's fantasy football team. Um, we will not talk about wrestling. Because uh, I don't... Wait, actually, let me take that back. There's not a pay-per-view. Is there a pay-per-view this week? Crown Jewel this weekend. There okay. was a premium live event last weekend. Just say fucking pay-per-view. Why you got to be all stupid? Yeah, uh, Crown Jewel this weekend. So if you're if you're not looking... If you're looking for something to do this weekend... um, Roman's going to lose. No. Fuck no. Anyways... Um, so we will be talking about wrestling next weekend, more than likely, uh, or at least these two will. Um, I will sit here and nod vigorously um, as I. You can talk about Logan Paul. That's all right. I don't. I I couldn't tell the difference between Logan and Jake if <clears throat> if they had their name tattooed on their chest. I probably couldn't tell the difference. So I won't talk one, about them either. One carries an NFT on his. Why chest. do you Why do you sound like you're in another room all of a sudden? I don't know because my fucking shit fell. Anyway. Oh, there you are. One carries an NFT on his chest that used to be worth a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know what the fucking NFT is, or is now These words mean nothing to me. Is now worth four dollars and forty two cents. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, uh, that's that's Logan Paul. That clarified nothing for me, so I appreciate that. Very good insight there. <laughs> and well, so anyways, we won't talk about fantasy football and specifically Seth's team. Uh, we won't talk about the government. Um, except for maybe telling you to go vote one more time. Uh, we will probably talk about wrestling. We will probably talk about the playoffs. Um, and then who knows? I mean, we got somehow we went an hour and a half tonight. Um, and I'm not, I think that was mainly off of United nation, uh, hate, uh, is what I'm, what I'm thinking that was. So we, we can always dig back into that next week too. So it just depends. We'll, we'll, We'll see where the road takes us next week. Now that we don't have games to talk about, buckle up because it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun, fun off season, fun playoffs, and uh, we love it. We love it for sure. Uh, Steven, thank you for being in the chat. Um, Christina, 
thank you for being in the chat again. I think you're gone already, but but uh, love having you in the chat and uh, can't wait for next week. Hopefully we can have Harry and, and Robert back in after their match. Hopefully they're crying a little bit. No, I want them to win, actually. Yeah, one more question, guys. One more question. We talked about kind of predictions and stuff like that. Who are you rooting for the rest of the way? Who does your heart want the rest of the way? Start with Earl. What can hate you? Richie Ryan. Yes, Richie Ryan. Um, Memphis. Rooting for Memphis. Your heart wants Memphis. I like the bracket toss. I like that you also printed out a fucking bracket when you're staring at a computer screen right now and could have just had it up. Could have just had it on in the background. You wasted all that black ink too. Look, 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 look. So much black ink. So many squids had to die for that black ink. (laughs) Listen here, motherfucker. We've all agreed on this that I am the oldest person in this fucking group. Even though I'm the youngest. Do you have this a dot weird. matrix printer? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm, my mom printed that off for me. God. Earl, you're fascinating. You're <laughs> fascinating, Earl. Just freaking fascinating. Um, this. Yes, this. This right here. Earl is a true boomer. That's uh, Yes, we've been saying it this whole time. Love it. Seth, who are you rooting for deep in the recesses of your black soul? <sighs> um, Tampa. I, you know, no offense to Harry. Like, I, I, I think San Antonio is going to win it, but I'm rooting for Tampa. This is a tough question, guys. Because I can make pluses and minuses for everybody in there. If, if Haji Berry was still with Colorado, the answer would, for me would be, would be Colorado pretty easily. The answer still might be Colorado for me, um, just because I love Colorado, the state. Uh, Caldwell is my favorite non-United player. Uh, <laughs> are you fucking high? Um, <clears throat> but I just I, after after being on that on that touchline for that match uh, last weekend. Um, some of their other players just completely pissed me off. Uh, so I don't think I can root for them. San Antonio, you know, San Antonio, it's probably San Antonio. It's probably, I probably want to root for my buddy Harry uh, and Robert and would like to see somebody that's a regular on this podcast uh, happy for once because uh, I don't know when we're ever going to be happy. Um, and I that's typically, I'm always happy. This is fair. This is fair. I'm always not, happy. not sports wise, not not sports related happiness though. That's what I'm talking about. Sports. I'm related. always happy because in my mind, there's constantly this. God, where's the mute button? <laughs> Every fucking time. I swear, I swear. Um, so I, I I think my heart is saying San Antonio. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, and on that note, guys. Uh, next week, Tuesday, hopefully nine o'clock. Um, we will be here. We will be talking about the playoffs. We will be talking about a handful of things. Uh, a lot of nonsense will be mixed in there for sure. 
Uh, and, and if you want to bring your own nonsense, come on, join the chat, throw some nonsense out there that you want our take on. Uh, we'll be happy to give it to you, even if we know nothing about it, because that's our specialty on this show is talking about shit we don't know about. So, <laughs> so with that, until next Tuesday, somos negros, guys. See you, Steven. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.